subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and I are back with you again. Excited to start down a new episode. With As we get started here, as always, if you want to learn more about ninja selling in general and where this all comes from, go to ninjaselling.com. If you haven't read the book, go pick up the book by Larry Kendall. That'll give you a great foundation of what this is all about. Uh, if you want to learn more about coaching, you can find it in the Ninja Selling site there. Or you can just search Ninja Coaching and you'll find Matt, myself, and all of our great coaches. And if you want to go find the community for the podcast, you can go to Facebook, go search Ninja Selling Podcast Community, and you will find us there also again and a whole bunch of great people. We got about 13,200 in there right now, and we look forward to seeing you there. Come ask questions, throw your ideas, help the other people in the community out also. If you've got something great that is a system that you use or a, a way that you approach uh, this business as a ninja that's worked so well for you, come in there and share it. Open a discussion up. Let's see how we can help others out too. So with that being said, Matt, good morning. So grateful to be here with you again today. Good morning. Grateful to be here with you, Garrett, on the other side of 500. Here we go. Marching our way towards a thousand episodes. We'll be there like in no time at all. The second half of the journey always goes quicker. Yeah, which is just really the second half of the first quarter or third. Yeah. Of the journey. Yeah, we're just getting started. Which we should probably have some expectations set around that, which actually is what we're talking about today. How we set expectations with the people that we work with, because we and we we have a note here that we may have talked about this on a podcast already. I stopped short of going back and finding when that was, but it's irrelevant because what we're seeing in the marketplace right now, Garrett, is a lot of people who are rushing through things and maybe not even rushing and and missing steps or anything like that. They're just the expectations aren't there. So a surprise might be happening on the other end or an emotion might be high on the other end. And all of a sudden, confusion can be created, even though we technically didn't really do anything wrong. And so I'm excited to talk about this with you because this is a, a minor detail that can have such a positive impact on your processes and your business. And setting these expectations, Matt, and the reason I'm excited to talk about this today is I think we've gone down one path of the past. And I am watching this show up all over the place right now where people are getting bit by different things or getting bit by, you know, the lending expectations that their buyers might have when they actually go to write a contract, especially if they've been in this process for a while. They may have got pre-qualified at a different interest rate. And now all of a sudden they're coming in and having the numbers rerun on their new house they just fell in love with. And all of a sudden they can't afford it. There's those types of things happening. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Working partners within your business, working partners at your home and expectations around that as you are building a business and growing a business. There are so many places that we need to make sure that our communication is on point. And more often than not, Matt, and I see this with our coaching clients more than anything, is that when they're there can be the most incredible situation that they're sitting in right now. Incredible people, their people are behind them, they're in this journey with them, they're excited about it. And because we are not talking enough and we're not being clear enough with them, they're on a little bit of a different page, which all of a sudden builds animosity and builds distrust. And all of a sudden, the other party's like, I'm out. And they're going, what happened? I just lost my team. And it's funny how fast the person that's the one stuck standing there going, what happened? 
they hold a lot of negative energy to that person that left them high and dry, that walked away, or you know that it's actually on us. And I think that's what I want to get out of this episode today is it is this is not other people's problems to figure out. This is us to figure out. So we need to make a list and understand all of our working partners in our world. And it's up to us to raise the communication levels with them so that we can get the results that we want. And we can have the end of the day, have a great relationship with all these people. I'm excited to go down that today with you, Matt, because... Uh, that's what I'm watching. It's amazing how fast the person at the core of it is like, ah, them, Arr, they did this to me. Arr, they did that. It's like, no, stop for a second. Well, how often do you hear, that's not my job. That's not my job. It's not my job to do that. Yeah. Why would I do their job for? Yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, what do you want to see in your world? What do you want to see as a result of this deal, this transaction, this relationship? In which case, then it is your responsibility to do everything you can to facilitate that, not just sit around and hope that somebody else is going to do it for you. Now, yes, it would be great if everybody did their, quote, job at a high level and it all worked like that. But it doesn't always work like that. But here's the thing. It's like I can get really, and this is where I know we've done this episode a long time ago. Like I look back at like just loading the dishwasher I can set expectations for my kids about how to load the dishwasher. I can also get really mad that they can't do it right. And it's always a mess. And I always got to come in and rewash stuff because it's not done right. Or I can just say, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. And I'm just going to take this over. And I think this is where we're not saying do somebody else's job for them. We're saying Give the expectations of what you're looking for to the people that you're having help you with stuff so that they can feel successful on there. They don't want to make you upset. My kids don't want me to be like, you do realize the Tupperware can't go with the open end up on it. Like it has to go down. Like, <laughs> And anybody who's listening right now who's ever used a dishwasher goes, oh yeah, I know what that looks like. <laughs> I am the dishwasher loader in the household. <laughs> These things are... My big pet peeves. <laughs> that huge bowl of dirty water when you come in. It's like everything's clean except for that one big bowl. Or that, that my, we use a lot of chopsticks in our house. My, we, my, my family loves chopsticks. And they always put them in so that the chopsticks either drop through the actual silverware thing, which grabs that little spinner on the bottom. It's like, yeah, you're staying with me. We're just going to hold that stream of water right here the entire time. Or they put them in where it grabs the one up above and it stops that one. So like one rack or the other one, it's like, no, 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 lay them down. Just lay them down <laughs> on the top rack. That's all you got to do. But these are the expectations where we have a lot of realtors, just like you were saying, man, a lot of people in business that without explaining it, just go, fine, I'm going to do it myself. I always got to do their job for them. I just want them to do their job, which... I see people do that a lot and they get burnt out and they get frustrated and they end up also frustrating the other party too, because the other party's like, I want to help. I just don't know exactly what you want. Right. Well, and, and I think this comes down to starting with communication and an understanding that even when you lay out clear expectations, it does not always mean that the person's going to perform, right? If this isn't some back-ended way of trying to get somebody to do something for you. This is just making sure that you're clear on your processes and that other folks are clear on the processes so that the enhanced communication 
that we'll call it, that'll result from this is not met with, why are you calling me all the time? Why are you nagging me about this? It's like, well, we've set the expectations of what's going to happen. And because most of this comes down to communication, most everything comes down to communication, right? And so it's not an expectation with your lender partner of, hey, you're going to pre-approve my client. It's, hey, let's have these weekly check-ins or whatever it might be to understand where are we at to see if there's anything that I can do to help. How can I help you perform so that we all get to the end together? Same thing if you're talking to an agent on the other side of the deal. Now, obviously, there's nuances there. You're not trying to skirt any uh, fiduciary or anything like that either. But we're all trying to get to a closing on time with as little stress as possible. So let's communicate some expectations. Yeah. You, know, you talk about the lender where I've seen people get, get burned on this, and I kind of led into this recently, but I've had a couple people coaching clients that I've talked to that they're like, man, I've been working with these buyers for a while, and it's frustrating because we're now getting to the house that they love. We're writing a contract on it. And again, having the lender look at the numbers, and all of a sudden, they are, they're way off. I had some person say that uh, their payment was $700 higher a month than what they thought they were going to be paying when they first talked to a lender because the rates had changed that much. They've had they've been waiting for a while, obviously. But with that being said, it's like, well, how can we get ahead of that? Like, you know, how can we make it so that our clients understand what's going on? And in this point in time, if I was selling real estate, I would be telling my lender as we start telling my clients also, like, if you and I need to periodically check in with that person to see how these changing rates and what's going on right now is affecting your not only ability of purchasing a house, but your wanting of purchasing a house. Because I know like Sarah and I, we have a very, very, very set line, at least we did for many years of we don't cross X amount in mortgage payment. We just don't. We either need to bring more cash to the table or we need to find a less expensive house. But one or the other, we don't cross a certain threshold ever, ever, ever in mortgage. And you know, for me, that would save me a lot of time and energy if all of a sudden we're thinking we still got same cash in pocket. We're skipping along because we feel like we got a lender and a realtor that's in our corner. And we're going, okay, isn't this fun? We're just searching for a house now. They already told us what our payment's going to be and kind of a rough numbers and whatnot. And all of a sudden to write the offer and to get kind of blindsided. Now, there's a lot of people out there going like, hey, you're the homeowner. You should be figuring this out yourself. But that's why we bring professionals into our world when we don't do things very often. And this is why it's awesome to have a realtor that says, and this is Matt, where you were talking about setting the expectation of, we're going, we're going to do this. This is something I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to your lender periodically. We're going to get little updates, how these new rates have changed. It might have increased your purchasing power. You might be able to hold the same payment and we may be able to go buy more house. And I want you to know that if that's an actual availability to you. At the same time, it could go the other direction, but I'm going to be the one who's going to be making sure that you guys know so that you're not blindsided. Again, letting them know you're going to do it because otherwise you're checking in all the time. And they're like, why are they checking in all the time? And because we haven't told them the benefits or the places that I'm trying to save you from being hurt, it's like, because they don't know that, you're just, just do your job, dude. Just need you to help us find a house. Stop, <laughs> stop worrying about all that stuff. Got to talk. This obviously makes me think, well, maybe it's not obvious for other people. It's obvious to me. 
of the customer service call and how we set that up. So many people who have struggle with, well, I don't want to just annoy my clients with a phone call every single week. It's like, well, it depends on how you set the expectation. And when working with clients in particular, I always say, hey, make sure you conclude each conversation with an expectation of when the next conversation is going to be. Whether you are talking with somebody you just met at an open house or whether it's a client where you already have a cadence of customer service calls set, or it's somebody who was just referred to you. If you set the expectation of when the next communication is, it's not a surprise. And they're not like, oh man, Garrett's blowing me up. What is going on? It's like, he told me he was going to do that. Do you imagine if you didn't set the expectation? I could just see you going, uh, yeah, Jen, Garrett just called me in with no news and just, I guess, to say hi, like, I, <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> he must be lonely. I don't know. Um, he just keeps calling. Yeah, that guy, gosh, I don't get it. I mean, I wish if he would call me, I wish he had some information that I actually needed to hear. Like, I don't know why he's wasting my time with this. But if you set the expectation of there might be a week that I call you or multiple weeks that I've got nothing and I just want to make sure that you guys don't have any questions when I call. And sometimes you can save your questions for that time. You might kind of like kind of hold up saying, hey, when Garrett calls on Tuesday, make sure you ask him this, make sure you tell him this. I want to give you guys that opportunity as well as I want to make sure that you know you can always count on me to call every single week and I'm going to give you every bit of information that I have and anything that we've got going on. And again, once you said it, they're like, talk with Garrett, nothing new. Yeah. Or they don't answer. They're like, I don't really got anything with Garrett. I'm going to let him hit voicemail this week. Cool. No problem. Hopefully they enjoy talking to me so much. They always pick up. That's my goal. They all, well, that's when you call. Yeah, for sure. That's my party personality. I'm like, if I'm not bringing enough fun to the table, like, and they don't want to pick up the phone, like, oh, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode too on, you know, and we, we have done those episodes on how to get people to answer the phone when you call or why are they not answering when you call? But this ex expectation, Garrett, of communication also extends to when you're an agent on the other side of a deal as well, or when it when you're working with your lender again of saying, hey, we have these deadlines. Because I've heard this from clients like, yeah, I called to check in and they're like, well, the deadline's not until Friday. So why are you calling now? And it creates this energy, even though you have this good intent of like, I just want to make sure we're on track to get this accomplished. We hear it with inspection contingencies all the time. It's like, well... They have until you know Thursday to let us know what they want to do. So we'll just kind of wait. We haven't heard anything yet. It's like, well, can you check in with them? And then you're like, well, I could check in with them, but then it seems like I'm being kind of nosy and all this stuff. And we have this conflict between what our clients might be asking us to do and what we feel comfortable doing. Whereas if up front, we just say, hey, great, we got this contract. This is exciting. To ensure that everything happens smoothly and that we're not missing anything, I'm going to check in with you here, here, and here. I know the deadlines are here, here, and there. I'm going to also check in here, here, and here to make sure if there's anything that I can do to help. You know what's interesting, though, with the two, Matt, is like, okay, if you look at the two extremes, there's over-communication and under-communication. If you go to the extreme of under-communication, that's where frustration sets in. I haven't heard from Garrett. What's going on? I have no idea what we're doing here right now. What are we supposed... Do we need to send a check right now? I thought we were supposed to send a check. Have you talked to Garrett? Where's Garrett at? <laughs> Yeah, that's under communication. You know, who's paying for the inspector? Do we pay for the inspector? Does the other party pay for the inspector? Like, what's going on? Does a realtor pay for it? And it comes out of closing. Like, do we need an inspector? Do we? What are we doing? 
Like there's under communication. And then there's the other side, which is over communication and over communication. One, I mean, usually in a high stakes, stressful situation where there's a lot, lot going on, nobody's going to be like, Garrett called me again. Like, geez, like I am so tired of hearing from him all the time as we're going through this process of buying a house or getting our loan or whatever it might be. Very rarely is someone going to be upset by over-communication. I look at every time I've hired a contractor, every time I've had a real estate agent, anytime I've done anything that's a high-stakes situation, I've always said, more, more often than not, where are they? Not They won't get off my back. I feel like they're on me like a wet shirt. Like, How do I fix this? Yeah, over-communication is very rare when it comes to processes. You're dealing with it right now. In your your situation with working on your house, you're not sitting around going like, man, they're just keeping me over-informed on what's going on right now. Like Every time I talk to you, you're like, I've got to call this person today. I've got to call this person and figure out when these guys are going to be here and who knows when these guys are coming. And oh, I had a new one yesterday too. Then you're like, oh, I figured <laughs> it out. I don't want to talk to the actual warranty company. I want to talk to the actual person that's doing the job because they actually know when they're showing up. This is a lack of communication, which makes you want to write really nice reviews about your builder, which it's funny because, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting <laughs> how that results in what might look, make your reputation look like. Well, and I think the difference between under communication or over communication or even that interpretation of there comes down to the expectation, right? What is the expectation we're setting on the communication? That's going to justify. And most of the time, there's no expectation. We don't set the expectation often enough where people just don't even know what it is. And so then you're leaving other people open to their own interpretation. And this is where you get these instances, like you mentioned at the beginning, where if you're working with somebody and someone's like, this is messed up, I'm frustrated, I'm just walking away because this is not what I expected this to be. And you're like, wait, but that's not what I expected there was no communication of that expectation so they're left to their own devices on what it should be what it should look like do you mind if we switch to like internal people's like organizations like transaction coordinator yeah well that was that was the transition right there oh it was yeah that w- it wasn't clear i'm still a little f- foggy from being under the weather everybody else might have got it, it might have just been me I, <laughs> I like it matt smooth transition that was what they call a smooth transition maybe it might just need to have a little bit more of this this delicious energy drink. Smooth transition on both our parts. It's about as <laughs> rickety as it could have got. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Ninja Selling Podcast. I'm Matt. He's Garrett. And uh, we're back with you for part two. <laughs> part two. So looking internally like at people's working worlds, like in their office, whether a managing broker, a team leader, a realtor that has a handful of people maybe helping them out internally, uh, again, transaction coordinators, photographers, whatnot. This is an area that I watch where a lot of frustration can build. And this is what where I, I find that this is actually where this episode really came from uh, when we were starting this kind of talk about this, Matt, is that I watch really, really good employees really good people that can help out and get us all where we want to go. And then you have a realtor that might go down the route of saying, 
I'm so busy. I just need them to do their job. <laughs> I don't need to babysit them. I don't want to like have to, I just want them to do their job. And that's why I hired them. And I've got to stay focused over here. And as their coach, I'm always like, you need to give them more attention. They need more attention from you. They're starving for attention from you. Some of them need attaboys. They just need that little pat on the back of, hey, you did a great job today. Uh, a lot of people who are not entrepreneur type mindsets, which a lot of us as real estate agents and starting our own business and kind of operating and running on our own, we don't need actually the pats on the back that a lot of these other people need that are coming in that are never going to go start their own company. They need somebody who they work for to come out and say, you did a good job today. And by the way, thank you for being who you are and what you're, what you're doing here. Because we're not giving that to them, we have this amazingly talented person sitting in front of us that all of a sudden goes home every day with their shoulders down and their head down going, I don't know if I'm really the right fit for this position. And then they leave. And you have this person who hired them going, I can't believe they did this to me. Well, it's like they didn't do anything to you like at all. They were actually just looking for how they could be the best with zero information. And they don't even know the questions to ask sometimes. So it's not like they can come in and go like, I need this and this and this. This is going to allow me to be the best for you. That's not their job. That's not exactly who they are. That's our job to figure that out. So that's for me, man, that's where I wanted to open this box up too, because it is one of the most frustrating things for me to watch and some People just do it over and over and over again and get frustrated with the other party when they really need to stop and replan how they're doing the job of working with others. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. It's tough. Like this isn't necessarily, you know, an easy situation to manage because you bring somebody on because you are busy and you're like, Hey, I, I need help. I need support. I have a job description. I want them to be able to run with it. And that would be great. And some people do find that person who's able to pick up and go with that. However, you know, a job description isn't the expectation, right? And what I see a lot happen is people will give commands like, hey, I, I want this done or I need this or I need this. And there's no clarity around a hierarchy or a priority. There's no clarity around a deadline or an expectation of when something will be completed. And this is where we run into issues. All of a sudden, realtor goes, I don't have this yet. Get it where's this report that I asked for? It's not in my inbox. And it's like, well, I didn't know you needed it today. And it's like, well, how you should know what I need to know. And, and these are those communication challenges where if we just set some expectations up front, not only is this, is the expectations good for the person who's working for you or with you, if there's, if it's a partner arrangement, it's also really, really good for yourself because now you know what to expect as well. Because in these situations where all of a sudden you're looking for something you didn't have the expectation of when it would be there. All of a sudden, you just were decided, I want it now. And it's not there. Yep. And so now I'm frustrated. Where if the expectation was, oh, Garrett's working on this report that'll be done Thursday. Today is Wednesday. Okay. You know, I should have reset the expectation because actually I really kind of wanted that report today, but I told him to have it done by Thursday. You know what? Let me just check in to see where he's at. Hey, Garrett, I know you're working on that report that's due tomorrow. How's that coming along? Now, all of a sudden, that conversation is way better than where's that report? Yeah, exactly. TPS report, right? You're going to have that TPS report on my... Yeah. Oh, always the TPS reports. Maybe to have... There needs to be cover sheets on them, right? 
<laughs> so <laughs> here we're having a little issues with your TPS report. Well, so this, but this also works. Um, you brought up managing an office too. I think this is one of the biggest gaps that exists in real estate brokerages is what is the expectation of agents within an office? Managers and broker owners rarely set the expectation. Sometimes they'll set lagging indicator expectations like, oh, we want people doing this amount of deal and deals and things like that, which I don't think is the right expectation personally. But there's no expectation around like, hey, what should we do? Like, what's program are we following? What are the leading indicators that we should be tracking? Which leads to agents saying, hey, Garrett, um, do you have a secret sauce for me this week? Because I need something for my business. And then you get frustrated like, well, why aren't you doing the stuff that we've taught you? I don't know, because I wanted to do something different. There's no expectation set around, hey, here's the way we like to perform business here. Here's the things that we track. Here's how we expect you to perform and show up for your business and for this brokerage. Well, and I think you know, you can offer all these systems, you can have all these pieces and all these you know services that you're providing for agents, you're providing for your office. And I think there's a, a misunderstanding there of like, hey, we have these services, you have to use them. This is what we, you know, you are going to be using. And I find some brokers come in with that kind of, which then you get pushback of like, I'm an independent contractor. Like, I don't have to use any of your stuff if I don't want to, like yada, yada, yada. On the other side of it though, is, is that if you can help explain through communication, not only the expectations of what you expect from them, not a have to, but hey, this is what I expect you to show up as for all of our clients. And by the way, here's the benefits of you using these things. And I find most people push back because they don't understand the value of what it is that you're trying to get them to do. It's just something that they have to do for you. You're telling them to do something without any of like, and here's why this is going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your client. It's going to benefit your outcomes here. By the way, it's going to benefit you in maybe more referrals through the people that you're working with. Like it, it layers all this stuff on, but instead we get into the slave driver mode of, we have a CRM, we expect you to use it. We want all your clients in there by the end of the week. And it's like, no, <laughs> well, that's where my... <laughs> That's where my energy goes to is no, like I'm not, I'm not just doing it just to make, cause you want me to do it at the same time though, there could be incredible benefits around that. And I think that that's, that's left off the table with a lot of times. And especially when we get busy, uh, when we have a lot going on, we skip those steps of the benefits and we just go to, I just need you to do it. I don't want to talk about it again. And it's like, this is where a lot of negative stuff can start to brew in here. So I want to point out, like I've got um, a good friend named Walter Baring. And if anybody's ever done a deal with Walter Baring, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Walter is in Houston, Texas. Uh, he's with Sotheby's. And Walter, I've coached Walter for years. Walter's got a great group that work underneath him that make sure the transactions are working really smooth. He creates incredible transact incredible opportunities and his group takes him and runs with them. And uh, I've never seen better communication in a, an environment of four people working together. And that's really what it is. I wouldn't even call it a team. It's four people working together with a common goal. And he brings them together every week. They talk about every piece of business that's on the table and what's working and what's not and who needs help with what. 
every person in there has got a little bit of a different specialty of what they're handling as these transactions move through the pipeline. To the last person that's in the chain of command or the chain of flow here is a young young lady who just graduated from college who she is the director of WOW. And at the tail end of all this, like the tail on the dog, she's like, I'm here to make sure everybody says WOW at the end of all these transactions. And we've talked about this before on other, other episodes and situations. But this all works because he communicates with them so incredibly well. They talk all the time. I can get him on the phone anytime and go, how's your group? How's everybody hanging in there? And he's got a full breakdown for me of where they're at, stress levels that they're at, how they're handling things right now, special things they're working on right now to help each one of them be more effective. And then he's always got the next group outing planned so that they can all go out and have some fun, team build together, get out and go goof around. They just did a Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they all ditched everything at the office and went to the baseball game at the Astros Stadium. There's an actual video of them running around with big old foam cowboy hats on, like tearing around through the stadium. It's hysterical, but this team and this group is what it is because of his communication with them. There's no difference between these people to the other agent out there that's got maybe the same level of people, but they're just not talking to them. They don't feel like they're part of something. They're not communicating enough because the expectations haven't been set and they're pissed. And it's like, yeah, what's the difference here? Like, come on. Like, let, let, this is, it's an us thing. That's what I want. And this is what I started with this. It's an us thing. It's not a them thing. We're the one running the company. We're the one running the business. And when you get the same results over and over and over again of something not working right, stop putting the blame on other people. And again, this is, as you said, Matt, the agents on the other side of the transaction the photographers, the plumbers, the contractors that we work with as we do all this stuff, as well as at home. And I find that expectations are not set there either about what it is as you're entering this career or you're growing this career. And then you wonder why things go sideways. Why are you always away on Saturdays at open houses or things like this? I mean, everything... That's family time. (laughs) Expectations and... These sometimes are tough conversations, by the way. Sometimes they're easy. And I think it's just, if you get into the mindset of, hey, let me make sure when you're going into a process, the first question you should ask yourself is, does everybody have clarity on what's going to happen next? Does everybody have clarity on what I am going to do next? And if they don't, let them know. There's nothing wrong with letting somebody know, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing next. This is when my next phone call is going to come in, whether it's a client a partner, an agent on the other side of the deal, or a spouse at home. So you've said a couple of times, these are tough conversations. And I want to re- I want to put out there that they get tougher the longer you let them go. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And what I mean by tough is it's uh, against what we maybe normally do. And so it could surprise people, but it, it'll be good, right? Like if you're talking with an agent on the other side of the deal, they might be like, well, you don't need to call me and do that stuff. It's like, hey, cool. I'm not asking. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. This is what's going to happen, right? And then it's going to go real smooth after that because a lot of this does have to, in terms of the the energy of a relationship, whether it's with another agent or a partner or a client, comes down to the energy that you bring when you set those expectations and then when you show up for those moments. 
And so if you bring the right energy, it's going to be totally fine. And once you get in the pattern of doing it, it's super easy, right? It's just part of how you set things up. Yeah, we, we've talked about it with when working with buyers. There's the right time to have the right conversations. And so this is a little bit off topic, so run with me for a second. But if I'm working with a buyer and I have the conversation with them at the actual table and we're first meeting with each other about when we find the house, you know, when we step into that house, you're like, this is the house. Like, what are you going to do? And when they're like, well, we're going to need to sleep on it for the night. And you, that's our time to have a conversation then and set an expectation of this is what can happen potentially if you sleep on it. I just want you to be aware of what's happening. Oh, gosh. If you say it while you're standing in the house and you go, oh, my gosh, this is the house. What do you like, should we should we write an offer on to make sure we get this house, make sure we don't lose this house? And all of a sudden they're like, we're going to sleep on it. Well, let me tell you about the person who slept on it last time. And now you go into this story. Now it's an uncomfortable sales type of conversation where we're trying to coerce them or it can feel like we're coercing them into writing an offer. Now the energy levels are very different. Everything has shifted now because we're in the moment having the conversation, not setting the expectations early on up front. If you're getting into real estate right now, sit down with your important people in your life and set the expectations of what it means to be a real estate agent. You get all these crazy freedoms of being a realtor. I can pretty much break away at any given time and go run lunch to a child. I can go take care of other things around town. I can handle all these things because the freedom my job allows me to do. Oh, and the other side of it is, is that I might also be able to and be have to spend my weekend or you know a couple of days. Matt's laughing at me. I'm curious what I said. That keep going. Oh man, setting the expectation of I'm probably going to be doing an open house here and there, and you may not see me on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, maybe once or twice a month. And instead of that being the negative energy that builds up around it, of why are you not here another weekend? It's like, oh no, we get this great gift of freedom that can you know take care of a lot of other stuff as well as we might lose that person for this that's that's the expectation of what this job is yeah i have this image of you being like the santa claus of children's lunches and you're running all over reading just like oop, dropping off a lunch here to a child and dropping off a lunch here to a child making people's days with delicious lunches <laughs> i didn't do real estate as my kids were older but uh one of the things i loved was like I was out and about and around town. I I was taking care of things that I needed to do for the family, as well as making all my Ford phone calls, as well as writing all my notes. I wanted more errands to do because it put me in front of more people. It allowed me to go chat and connect with more people. So I was like, give it all to me. I'll go do everything we need to do. And uh, it's a crazy freedom that, yeah, also... I'm going to be doing open houses at a time that a lot of people are saying, this is my weekend. I'm going to be home with my family. Like it's a, it's a, there's a give and take to it, yeah. but the family needs to understand. They do. And then it's not, not weird. Well, so hopefully um, this has given everybody kind of some insight into our thought process here around expectations. And I, I would challenge everyone, even if you think you have expectations set in your processes and your businesses, go take another look at that and ask yourself, Hey, do I really have solid expectations set with all of my people, am I setting them in the right way? Am I having those conversations? And do people know what my next move is? And communication. And communication. Lots of communication. Yeah, lots of communication. Don't be afraid. You're not going to over-communicate unless you're like, hey, Garrett, did you deposit that check? And then you call five minutes later, did you do it now? Did you do it now? Can I come with you to the bank and so we can do it? 
I tried that with Sarah one time. It, it totally backfired. Yeah, probably wouldn't work well. There, so there is oh, there is really over communication, but I seriously doubt any of you are getting to that point. Um, so don't worry about over communication. Your clients are not going to be upset that you are shepherding them through a transaction with flawless expectations and wonderful results. I don't see anybody being upset about that. So there it is, man. This is a good topic. Thank you for bringing this one to the table, Garrett. You're more than welcome, Matt. (laughs) And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And for all the people who've been with us from the beginning, we appreciate the people who have come on recently. We appreciate you as well. If you are brand new to this podcast, welcome. And if you're new to Ninja and you're like, hey, I'm curious, I want to learn more about Ninja, just head over to ninjaselling.com. You can learn about the four-day training called The Installation. You can learn about one-on-one coaching. Just click the coaching tab there and you can learn about Garrett, myself, and the 30 other coaches that help agents all over the country, North America, the world, actually. We have some international clients as well run their real estate businesses at a high level and join our community. Go on Facebook and search for the Ninja Selling Podcast. You'll find us there. We do a lot of fun stuff in that group. And keep tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.